Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for throwing away my girlfriend's blanket? Before we dive into this, I need to make a small disclaimer. If I was asked to sit on a jury for a story like this, I would have to recuse myself because it's a conflict of interest. Candy Thunder has a blanket that she's had since she was a baby. And I call it a blanket. By this point, I don't know if it's even classified as a blanket anymore. The thing is held on by like pieces of thread. It is... It has seen better days. It is just completely falling apart, but it's her thing. She like runs it in between her fingers to help her relax. It's, it's in our bed all the time. And it's, you know, it's, it's a really old blanket, but it's, it's her blanket. It's her thing. And and she, she was sitting there, you know, reading stories and had this blanket with her when she came across this story or somebody tagged us in the story, like just a little while ago today and had her blanket with her and was like, Oh my God, this is serendipitous. So, uh, so here we are, but context candy thunder has a blanket. That's very important to her. And the title of this is, am I the astronaut for throwing away my girlfriend's blanket? And immediately I'm like, bro, bro. Candy thunder also said, uh, I would leave you. It's how important that blanket is. All right, here we go. I 26 male moved in with my girlfriend, 24 female, a couple of months ago. Back when I was setting my stuff in the bedroom, she revealed to me that she still sleeps with a baby blanket. I got weirded out about it, and she explained that she needs the texture for comfort, calling it a sensory device. Yes, she does have autism, Asperger's, I think, and keeps it in her purse when she goes out in case she needs to touch it to calm down. Candy Thunder does not do that. She even confessed she had it in her purse when we started dating. I've always known my girlfriend is autistic and can have childish quirks. Wrong word choice, dude. I'm fine with her collecting plushies, but this was disturbing to me. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this guy one of these. For the past couple of months, I just get weirded out watching her spread it over her pillow every night before bed. I feel like I'm in bed with a little girl and it just grosses me out. It's just a turnoff. A couple of days ago, I just couldn't take it anymore. When my girlfriend left to visit her parents, since she left it behind, I threw her blanket in the outside trash. And this is the part of story, the part of the story where Candy Thunder would have left me. When we got ready for bed, she was looking for it and asked me where it was. I didn't lie to her. I told her the truth. I told her that I find it really creepy and disturbing that a grown woman still sleeps with and carries around a blankie. I told her she's not a child and she needs to let go of childish things. After I told her that she blew up at me saying that I was an ableist and shaming her for being autistic and that it was her coping device. When she bought that, she was just going to buy another one. I said I would break up with her if she did. She ended up crying. 
I just walked out. When I talked to my friends, they agreed that it was weird that she still had a blanket and laughed at the situation. I tried to call and text her and she told me that she's staying with her parents over the Thanksgiving weekend and wants me out. I honestly don't think that what I did was that bad. I was just trying to help her. I mean, my friends were making fun of her. Sleeping with a blanket at her age is weird. Am I the astronaut? Okay, the, the end of this story was filled with just a whole lot of last minute bullshit and I'm sure you caught that. I mean, my friends were making fun of her. That's not what you were doing. You were trying to help yourself. This was not an issue where you were trying to help her with anything. It was something you found uncomfortable. So you got rid of it so that you would feel better. Knowing, knowing that it would not help her, knowing that it would cause a conflict, knowing that you were disrespecting something that she found very important and you went ahead and did it anyway. You essentially said, so there's this piece of you that I just get creeped out by and I'm going to dispose of this piece of you. I'll keep the rest of you, but this one piece of you, I'm just going to throw away and hopefully you're okay with that. And if not, whatever, it's gone. Swap out blanket for anything. If there's this one thing about you that someone just gets weirded out by to that degree and wants to discard about you, that's a red flag about them. That's a them problem, not a you problem. And I feel really sorry for his girlfriend here. They've only been living together for three months, but uh, this was a terrible, terrible thing to do. Terrible thing to do. If this were Candy Thunder, she would be destroyed. And as a fun game, every once in a while, I will hide it under a pillow or something. So when she comes back, uh, back into the bedroom, she's like, where'd it go? What'd you do with it? And it's always easy to find, but it's just funny to see her reaction for it. Fly OP all the way to ask on one because this was just a terrible thing to do. The icing on the cake here is the, I was just trying to help her. I mean, my friends were making fun of her. Really? Because there was only one other mention in passing of friends making fun of this situation at all. And that was after he had done it. So that was not fuel for him doing this at all. That was an after the fact thing. Candy Thunder absolutely would have left me 100%. This this extends beyond the, the fate of their relationship, which is 100% over now. It's got to be. This extends to like what kind of damage are you going to do to this person that's going to be long lasting? Well beyond the end of their relationship, this is being willing to inflict some serious harm on someone while you're walking out the door and not giving a single flying F what kind of damage that does and just being like, I don't know, freaks me out, you know? Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is Am I the Askonaut for Forcing My Stepdaughter to Cut Her Hair? Oh no, this can't go well. I-31 met my husband, 34 male, eight years ago, and we have been married for six. He has an 11-year-old daughter from a previous relationship. I work from home, so I mainly end up taking care of her. I have since she was young. We have a generally good relationship. She stays at her mother's most weekends. She has incredibly long, blonde, wavy hair just past her bottom. It's a nightmare to take care of. It frequently tangles, and she always needs help brushing and styling it before school. I'm not a morning person, and I do not like having to wake up early to do a kid's hair. It's expensive to maintain, she requires more products and she insists on using hair oils, which can cost around $11 and only last a few weeks. She also insists she has to use curly hair shampoo instead of regular shampoo and conditioner, which is often over $10 per bottle. And she goes through it at a fast rate. She won't use a regular brush on it as she insists it breaks her hair and hurts, so she uses a wide tooth comb, which takes a long time to brush, when she could be doing other more productive things, such as homework or helping me with chores. I decided she had become obsessed with her hair, and I do not want her to become vain, so I decided it needs to be cut. Now remember, this is stepmom who decided it needs to be cut. 
We'll go ahead and get some of these going. I don't see it as a big deal as I have always had shoulder length hair as my hair does not grow very fast and I get frequent trims. It's a lot more practical. I took her to the hairdressers as normal. In the car on the way down, she said she wants to make sure the hairdresser doesn't cut too much. I politely explained that I would like her to cut her hair to shoulder length as it has become a burden. This kid's eight years old. Remember this. At first she thought I was joking, but when she realized, but when she realized, she started to cry. The hairdresser was reluctant to cut her hair due to her tears, but I explained the trouble we have maintaining it and assured cutting it would be best for her. In the end, the stylist agreed and cut her hair. The stylist braided her hair and then cut it. She kept it. Her hair was now just past shoulder length and looked a lot darker. The car journey home was silent. I offered her McDonald's, but she refused. She went straight to her room when we got back. My husband went up to see her when we got home and apparently found her on the bed sobbing, holding her hair. My husband immediately called her mother to come and collect her. As soon as my stepdaughter was out the door, he started yelling. Her mother also came in and gave me a mouthful. I explained my reasoning, but my husband wouldn't budge. He said if I had an issue, he would have done her hair in the mornings and that he didn't mind paying for the products. He was so furious, he said he no longer trusts me around his daughter and doesn't know if he can be with a woman who he doesn't trust with her. This broke my heart. I didn't mean any harm. I was just so tired and I'm trying to reduce stress. I've always been the one to raise her and her brother and I'm just exhausted. Am I the astronaut? Yes, you're the asshole. What is the, what the, what? Uh, yes. Yes, you are a thousand percent the asshole. This was a terrible, selfish thing to do. This didn't take her feelings into consideration at all. And you know how we know it was a shitty thing to do? And you know how we know that you know it was a shitty thing to do? Because you didn't tell the dad ahead of time. You didn't tell her mom ahead of time. You went and did it covertly and let him find out about it afterwards. If this was something that you felt was truly the right thing to do, you would have had a, a little meeting with, with bio mom and dad and been like, hey, here's the deal. Are we all on board? Okay, cool. And you would have found out then everybody was not on board. Instead, you went and imploded your whole freaking relationship because you were burdened fixing a kid's hair. Here's an idea. She's eight years old, obviously not 100% capable of, of maintaining complicated hair right now, but you can be teaching her. This sounds more like of an issue of you just didn't want to deal with it and you didn't know exactly how to deal with it. So you were just like, whatever, I'm just releasing, I'm, I'm relieving stress, removing stress from your life. Okay. If, uh, if your stepdaughter's hair is stress that has to be removed from your life, how long is it going to take before the stepdaughter being involved in extracurricular activities is a stress that has to be removed from your life? How long before taking her to school? How long before anything else involving this kid? You cannot look at it as a burden. As a parent, yeah, it gets really busy. Yes, there's a whole lot of responsibility. That doesn't mean that you just ax it because it's inconvenient for you. Which just goes to show that you viewed this kid as a burden all along and not, not as someone that you could have some kind of relationship with. It's terrible. It's a terrible, terrible ask on one thing to do to an eight year old freaking kid without communicating ahead of time to your husband her dad or her bio bio mom ahead of time didn't even tell her until you were on the way there where she had no choice this is the shit thing to do and i would guess that your relationship is over which means divorce because you're married you've been married for six years oh no, no no the kid was 11 not eight 11 sorry which i think the only thing that changes is an 11 year old would be a little more apt to learn how to care for things so you could be teaching them to to do self-care because they're they're going to start exploring in that direction soon anyway and you might as well do it with some guidance rather than than them experimenting with crap on their own and ending up coming down with a freaking mohawk or something it's terrible <laughs> We'll
Hey there again, it's Dusty Thunder with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for lying to family and friends about who's the infertile one between my wife and I? My wife, 32 female and I, 32 male, have been married for seven years and have been having unprotected sex for three years trying to have a baby. It has taken a toll on our marriage and I admit that many times I have complained to family, friends, and co-workers about my wife's infertility. What I thought was my wife's infertility. Maybe it is because we live in Utah, but whenever the idea of us being infertile came up, people just swarmed in giving my wife recommendations to fertility specialists. The talk was always, oh, my wife saw Dr. Whatever and we ended up having twins, or maybe your wife is just too stressed out. And I believed it because my wife contracted TB when she was 20 and volunteered in another country. Her primary care provider, who she saw when she was back home, just flippantly told her that TB could affect the genital area and prevent her body from housing a baby. But obviously, she said it in medical lingo. We finally found a doctor who straight up told us that there was nothing wrong with her fallopian tubes or her endometrium. She suggested I get tested to see that I'm not the problem. The verdict comes back that I am the one with a very low sperm count. I was so shocked and went to get another opinion, which told me the same thing. I felt so shaken. And because a lot of people knew about our struggles, they also knew we went to a doctor again. At a family and friends gathering, people started asking me about what we found out. I just panicked and said that my wife's TB was likely the cause, but not 100% necessarily. Oh, bro. People saw that as my wife being the problem, and somebody even suggested I go through with divorcing her since I was 32 and complaining about being childless, saying I could be a dad within a year since if it was a short marriage. What I did not realize was that my mom and aunt would jump on that suggestion and start telling friends and their kids that I was getting a divorce, and that this was my wife's fault because she shouldn't have been so reckless when she was so young. Boop. More red flags here, bro. What was worse was some people thought it wasn't even TB, but a bacterial genital disease. This all got back to my wife through a friend, and she is furious. I wonder why, dude. I can't imagine why she would be upset about this at all. She said that she could not believe I've been painting her as the problem when she wasn't even the problem, and that she was tired of the pitying or disapproving looks that she was getting in our small town, and that I needed to set the record straight or at least tell everybody to shut up and that we are not divorcing. Am I the astronaut? I feel panicked. And I felt like I didn't completely lie because TB could be exacerbating our problem. But my mom really screwed things up by making it malicious. Now I'm in over my head and feeling really bad. I mean, there are a lot of people involved in this. Number one, it's no one else's business. But they chose to make it other people's business. And still, it got twisted around. But it was his inability to tell the truth that really caused this all to snowball potentially in his marriage but not for the reason that everyone thinks it is it's because he let this lie roll out of panic or what it doesn't matter it doesn't matter why you did it you still did it and by doing so this snowballed into something that could truly end your marriage and this is not good okay so here's the deal if the whole narrative in the very beginning was that it was her tb that was the the problem um but then after testing they found out that it was actually him and they could both be the problem i mean that's fertility is tough fertility is stressful involving the whole freaking community in every detail of it is not a great idea because it is it is stressful and this is not a like takes a village to make things go easier kind of thing. This is a something you have to deal with as a couple and just work through uh, because other people are going to be pulling things out of context. And if 
if having kids in your community is so flippant important that they're willing to discard your wife just so you can go have a child with a different woman, probably not the people you want to be confiding in and finding support in anyway. That's not a healthy approach to anything. No, no. But letting your wife take the fall when you knew at least there was something wrong with you as well snowballed into this. I understand there's some cultural variables in here that have to be considered, but it doesn't make this okay. None of it makes it right. Hubby here. You get to take a trip. This was a shit thing to do. Now, remember, when we get into ratings, this is a situational thing. He was an ASCOM one in this situation. That's not a permanent label. This is something that he could work himself out of, but he's got to be willing to balance the scales. To balance things out, he's got to set the record straight, but then it would probably be smart to be like, okay, moving forward, everything that we do with our fertility is going to be between us. We're not including anybody in anything because y'all are not helping. You're just making things worse and more stressful and potentially ruining my freaking marriage. So just take a step back, ma. Just take a step back. <sighs> Now I'm in over my head and feel really bad. You think? Yeah, when a lie goes too far, then it might end your marriage. That's, yeah, that's, that's the problem. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for not respecting my daughter-in-law's boundaries when she gives birth and laughing in her face? This is a saucy title. I'm a 59-year-old woman and my youngest son, 20, James, is about to welcome his first child with his wife, 21, Jenna. Fake names for the story's sake. With Jenna being eight months pregnant, they've sent out a list of rules, which is about visits and rules when you do come to visit. Some are a bit ridiculous. I honestly thought most, if not all, of the rules didn't apply to me, especially not seeing the baby for at least two months because you see they both live rent-slash-bill-free in my home. Oh. Oh, now it's all making sense. Now I say this before it's mentioned, I don't want to be in the delivering room, nor care what they call the baby, that's their business. I bought most of the baby stuff and I've given them two rooms in my house for three years to find their own place. I first thought it was a mistake when they sent the email to me, but while we were eating dinner, I brought it up. My son lost his ability to speak, but Jen told me. Well, like permanently lost his ability to speak or was just surprised? They expect me to stay downstairs in the guest room, giving them the whole upstairs to themselves. And if I want to use the kitchen, I'll have to text them to make sure it's okay. Or I would turn one bedroom upstairs into a kitchen so it could be an apartment so we wouldn't be bothering each other. I honestly bust out laughing because I thought they were joking. Then James asked me what was so funny. They were serious and I need to respect their boundaries or I'll never have a relationship with my grandchild. Jenna was crying at this point saying I'm ruining this magical time for them by being disrespectful. I told them that it's my home and I'm doing them a big favor. If they don't like it, they can sleep on the beach. As for not letting me see the baby, well, I don't want a relationship if they're going to use the child as a means to get their way in my home. They packed their bags and left for a hotel telling me I'm a heartless monster. I don't want to ask my other kids or friends because I don't want others being involved, so I come here for unbiased advice. Wow, this one took a big turn from the title. Remember the title was, Am I the Astronaut for Not Respecting My Daughter-in-Law's Boundaries When She Gives Birth and Laughing in Her Face? Um, just by title alone, you're like, wow, this mother-in-law's awfully heartless and this is terrible and what the hell? But it's the other way around and you wouldn't have ever guessed it from the title. These are 
just really entitled people. It's her youngest son who's 20. She's she's 59, so it's it's her baby boy. But she's been letting them stay there for how long? She says, I've given them two rooms on my house with three years to find their own place. So we don't know when that three years started, but woof. Um, that's really tough. So they just, uh, they didn't communicate this with, with her ahead of time. They didn't say, they didn't, they didn't say, hey, uh, we're trying to find a way to make this work. What if we did this? What if we did this? They just created their own effing rules in her house. And we're like, yeah, we get the whole upstairs. You're going to have to stay downstairs. Uh, yeah, this is our house now. We're not going to pay for anything, but this is, this is our house now. And she bought all the baby stuff and you're just going to be like, wow, this takes entitlement to a new flipping level. And it's an absolutely shit thing to do. Yeah. It, okay. So from the mother-in-law's perspective, here or the mom's perspective soon to be grandma at this point if she isn't already i think you have to look at what is the right thing to do for your grandchild and obviously she wants to take care of the kid i don't think she's going to kick them out but she needs to help these parents learn how to be independent so that they can provide for their child and that's going to take some tough love because right now their outlook on life and their worldview isn't going to get them anywhere it's going to put them in situations where where this kid is not going to be well taken care of and right now she at least has the ability to directly contribute to helping make sure that this kid is cared for she's got to help to teach them another way i don't know if that's possible but it's got to be and as if i were in her position i'd be like okay um we're gonna have a tough love course right now because you all there are only so many people that you can take advantage of before you have no one left and then what will you be homeless what are you gonna do you have a baby now you don't get to do shit like that you have to be thinking ahead you have to be thinking about how you're gonna provide for your child you don't get to just burn bridges and just take shit from people because it's not how the world works your parents now get your heads out of your asses and start being responsible humans. Quit being shit humans. Quit thinking that you can treat people like this because guess what? You're going to teach your kid the same thing. Is that how you want your kid to treat? Someday when your kid meets someone and they're living with you for free because you've given them a place to stay and they try to confine you to the dungeon below and take over your home without talking to you ahead of time, what are you going to do? Because this is what you've taught them to do. You're leading by example, whether you realize it or not. Tough love. And if that means temporarily having them stay somewhere else, then, then so be it. Obviously, obviously OP grandma here wants to be able to have a relationship with her grandchild, but she recognizes that they're using this kid as a weapon already and the kid isn't even here yet. And that's garbage. So she created a boundary reinforced the boundary and good for her nta nta what about her son because you've got a double-edged sword here right you've got if you try to do the right thing long game which is teach your son and his whatever she is to be responsible parents they're going to lash out against it and you're not going to be able to have as close of a relationship with your child with your grandchild if you would, uh, as you would like, but if you let this crap keep going, that's obviously not going to fly and it's going to teach them something that, that they're going to pass on and they're going to teach their kids the right thing to do. It's garbage. It's absolute garbage. Now, I guess the question is, are they teachable? As long as they fail forward, that's the tough part. You know, I am all for letting someone fail so that they learn how to pick themselves back up. And sometimes you got to hit rock bottom before you start rebuilding yourself. The complication here is you've got her at eight months pregnant. If you can find a way to teach these people the right way so that everything 
works out and you're still able to provide and have a relationship with your grandkid, but show them a path that will let them actually raise their kid right, then that's great. You got to grow up at some point. And for a lot of people, that point is when you have a kid, like you start you start having the oh shit, like I've got to I've got to be responsible. I've got to I've got to take care of things. I've got to make sure that I'm budgeting. I've got to I've got to provide for a family now. It's just not it's not just me. It's not me just being able to mooch off of someone for everything. I have another human that I have to care for now. And as the grandma in this position, it's I imagine it's really complicated. NTA though, good on you for creating a boundary and reinforcing it. And if you are going to let them fail, you just have to try to help them fail forward. Try. You obviously can't do everything for them. You may just have to let them fail, period, and hit rock bottom. But if there is a way to show them a better way, then I would, I would take advantage of it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for not giving the mother of my dead husband's child his possessions? Me, 30 female, and my husband got married when we were 25 after six years. He passed away in an accident in April. A few weeks before the accident, I found out that he had done a one-night stand with a woman who he works with. When he died, I hadn't decided yet what was going to happen in our relationship. We entered counseling and were still living together, but obviously it was hectic. As I wasn't sure if we were going to divorce, I decided not to tell our families and only confided in a few close friends and my therapist. I didn't want opinions from everyone. I also didn't tell his family when he died there was no reason to. A few weeks ago, the affair partner reached out to me. She's five months pregnant and preparing to raise the baby. She wanted me to tell his family because she wants her child to have a relationship with his his family and be connected to his culture. I said I wouldn't do this and simply passed along their contact information. Shit hit the fan. I am close with his brothers and I thought that they were going to raise him from the dead and kill him again. Apologies for the dark humor. They're coming around to the idea of having a relationship with the baby, but I do not want to. Nor has the mother offered, which is fine. The mother has gotten back in touch with me to ask for some of my husband's possessions. She wants his clothes, his books, his record collection, and bizarrely his wedding ring for the baby to feel connected to its father. I've made it very clear to her that I will be giving her nothing of the sort. His parents and brother have some of his stuff that she can access and things like that through them. She kept pushing and I lost my temper and called her an outrageous bee who should find some shame. I wouldn't be opposed to passing some of the stuff along to the child via my in-laws when they're older and can appreciate it. Not the wedding ring, which was the worst request in my opinion, but some other sentimental stuff. I've also retained a lawyer to look into whether I owe the child any money legally from my husband's passing. If I don't, I may set up a trust 
for them when they're an adult with his money because I really don't need it and that seems fair. I just don't want to give this woman all I have left of my husband. I really do not trust her with any of it. Obviously, she thinks I'm a bitter raging monster B and an asshole and my in-laws are divided. My in-laws are largely supportive, but some think that I need to give some of his stuff to her and the baby. Some of his brothers have told me that they're sympathetic, but that I'm behaving like an a-hole and a baby by not cooperating for the sake of the child. I'm unsure whether the complicated grief is clouding my judgment. Edited to add, my in-laws are getting a paternity test when the baby is born. That's the first thing they asked. However, the scans and due date line up perfectly with when the affair occurred, so I think it's more than likely true, so we are preparing for this. Oh my god. This poor woman. This poor flippin' woman. Um, I mean, not to just lose your partner, which is obviously like a terrible, terrible thing. But to right before then, find out that they had cheated on you and be like, your marriage is just in the wind at that point. It's just blowing around. No, nobody knows which way it's going to go. And then this happens and she loses her partner. And then the side chick reaches out and is like, hey, I'm pregnant. And you're like, oh. What else you got, universe? You got something else up there you want to throw at me? Come on. What else What else could there possibly be? My spouse cheats on me. I lose my spouse. And then the lady he cheated with ends up pregnant. And, and she reaches out and wants my husband's stuff so that the baby can have it. This this seems like an episode of, of Designated Survivor. That's like the kind of shit that Tom Kirkman goes through on the daily. But it's all like national, you know, defense crisis and political crap. This is just this is the amount of, of getting bent over uh, that life throws at him in each one of those episodes. This person just goes through like, what, what, what the, what the, the ring is like the weirdest piece of this too. So why, why on earth would you want the wedding ring knowing that, he cheated with his wife, with you. Super confused about that. The ring, the ring has confused the hooey out of me. I don't know what to think there. So the question here is, am I the ask not for not giving the mother of my dead husband's child his possessions? The way it was written in the title, I could not determine who had passed. Um, but the story obviously made that clear. I, I think OP is pretty level-headed throughout this and op is what she says about being willing to set up a trust for the kid to have access to later on in life makes great sense this seems pretty reasonable op's response seems reasonable and yet being willing to do something for the child someday is great whether that's waiting until you know the kid's old enough to, to understand a little bit and you know know what they're looking at right now it's not for the kids benefit what is the kid going to benefit from having right now except for being able to smell a shirt like a shirt or something just just to get to know the scent but you're not going to get to know the person so i don't know or a picture maybe a picture but i'm sure that the side chick has that already so i don't know you don't owe them anything obviously and and op having this this outlook that is willing to do something money-wise for the kid later on is great i, I don't that's going above and beyond in my opinion you know the the minimum of what would be acceptable here is doing nothing and just saying no i'm not giving you anything and yeah good luck that's acceptable in this case she's willing to do a hell of a lot more than that and do something to set this kid up financially later on in life so that's going above and beyond nta nta here if the family wanted to hand over some personal effects, that's the route it probably should go. OP is willing to do more than the average person would do at all here. And I don't think this is grief clouding judgment. Obviously, obviously it is. But but I don't think that that it has skewed OP's judgment to the negative here. I think if anything, she is willing to do more than she would have been otherwise. 
Dusty Thunder again with another AITA story for you. This one is Am I the Ass Cannot for Getting My Mother-in-Law Kicked Out After She Spilled Coffee in My Suitcase. I, 24 female, came home at 3 a.m. from a work trip a few days ago. I was jet-lagged, only wanted to see my wife, 25 female, and go to sleep. I was surprised to see that my mother-in-law, 48 female, was also waiting with my wife for my arrival at our living room. That's the first thing you want to see when you walk in the door. The second I walk in, my mother-in-law starts complaining about how I was supposed to arrive at 2 a.m., how she's been up for one hour more than she thought she would, etc. I had sent a message to my wife that my flight was delayed, but my mother-in-law thought that I should have sent her a message as well, even though I didn't know she would also be there waiting for me. My wife calmed her mother down, and I told them that I was going to sleep. That was apparently another thing for my mother-in-law to start complaining about. She thought that I needed to empty my suitcase before I went to sleep. My wife stood up for me and told her mother that I don't need to empty it out right now. I can do it in the morning when I wake up. They argued for a little while, but finally I got my permission to go to sleep from my mother-in-law. At this point, I need to say that I left my suitcase closed and it was out of the way standing near a wall. Fast forward to the next morning when my wife and I woke up to a scream from my mother-in-law. Both of us got straight up from bed and went to see what happened. My mother-in-law stood horrified in the middle of our living room and she was looking at my suitcase, which now was laying open on the floor. My wife asked what happened and my mother-in-law responded that she had accidentally spilled coffee in my suitcase because I had left it open laying on the floor. My wife and I both knew she was lying because I did not leave the suitcase like that. I looked at my suitcase and immediately realized that the amount of coffee in my suitcase didn't match the size of the cup my mother-in-law was holding because the cup was small and there was a lot of coffee in the suitcase. I started crying because everything that I had in the suitcase was ruined. My mother-in-law started saying I was overreacting and I shouldn't have left my suitcase laying around like that. She said I was an asshole because I blamed her for what happened. At this point, my wife kicked her mother out and comforted me. Now that a few days have passed, I've started thinking that maybe I did overreact and it really was my fault that mother-in-law spilled coffee in the suitcase. So am I the asshole? What? Why? Why did this whole scenario, except for the very, very end, is like it's very, very, very clear that mother-in-law was was trying to pull off this thing and also wasn't very good at acting. Um, and it's just like, Oh dear, I have spilled my coffee all over your open suitcase. If only you had put it away like I had told you to. The suitcase was zipped up and out of the way last night, and all of a sudden it's open in the middle of the floor and full of more coffee than can fit into your cup. She made multiple trips with her cup, dumped it in, came back. Three cups later, is like, there, that seems like enough. Oh, no. And then it's like, you, you tried to blame this. How dare you try to blame this on me? I could have been severely burned. And then you would be looking at a lawsuit. Why was she staying there in the first place? Apparently she's staying with him. Otherwise she wouldn't have been there overnight, right? Unless she just stayed the night to welcome him home, which why was she there to welcome him home? Nobody wants extended family or like more family there when they return from a trip and they're all feeling like shit. They're jet, jet lagged and they're like, legitimately, I need to get out of these clothes. I need to take a shower and I need to go to bed. And instead, you walk into like a surprise party. Okay, here's the top comment. Candy Thunder included the top comment for us. Top comment, NTA. The suitcase was zipped up and closed and standing on its end. To get it... <laughs> 
to get it to how mother-in-law had it, she would have had to lay it down, unzip it, open it up, and then go into the kitchen, make the coffee, and then pour it in. Do you hear how unhinged those steps sound? At any point, she could have stopped and asked herself, what the f*** am I doing? But she didn't. You are definitely not the asshole here. We'll make that official in T A. The part that I don't get here is where OP is like, now that a few days have passed, I've started thinking that maybe I overreacted and it really was my fault. Dude, dude, what is, okay, which has me questioning if mother-in-law is a little bit better of an actor than I thought she was because this all sounded so hokey and ridiculous that it was completely transparent. But then OP's like, shit, did I do that? Did I open it? Did I somehow manage to create some kind of like multiverse collision to where more coffee could fit in a cup than the cup will hold? And then that just trans, just like end up in my, is it my fault? Is it my fault? If anything, OP, I would be, if, if putting myself in OP shoes, if anything, I would be thinking, am I losing my mind? Like, am I seeing things that just aren't there? Because this shit's just crazy. This is a level of crazy that just can't be, can't be explained away at all. This is a, she had to get her way so badly that she was willing to go through all of those steps in the wee hours of the morning just to, to do something that would further prove her point that you should have listened to her in the first place. This could be an idle hands issue where someone's just so bored that they fixate on that one thing and cannot let it go and create some kind of scenario just to recall back to that one thing over and over and over again. Oh my gosh. I bet I bet some people are responsible enough to like fully unpack everything as soon as they walk in the door to get home but uh not me nope it's like we're gonna get that crap in the morning he got home at 3 a.m 3 a.m and she's like oh you should really unpack everything right now go ahead and start the washer you need to wait for that cycle to finish so you can put them in the dryer and then you need to wait for that cycle to finish so you can hang up and fold your clothes oh dear well now he has to because they're covered in coffee garbage <laughs> Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder with yet another AITA story for you. This one is Am I the Astronaut for Jumping Out of a Bathroom Window to Avoid My Mom's Attempt at Forcing a Reunion Between Me and My Ex-Fiancé. Some backstory, I had been dating my ex-fiancé Sarah for four years. We had been planning to get married in November of 2020, but I found out at the start of this month that she cheated on me. She begged me to give her another chance, but I broke it off. The problem was that being cheated on is, in my mind, completely emasculating and humiliating. So I never told anyone that was the reason we broke up. For obvious reasons, Sarah also didn't tell people we broke up because she cheated. So people have blamed me for the breakup, including my mom. They just see that I dumped her out of the blue. I've gone very strict no contact with Sarah after I discovered she was cheating on me. Sarah has been talking with my mom and has convinced her that if we could talk one more time, we would be able to reconcile. My mom has been applying hardcore pressure on me to talk with Sarah, but I've explained that there's no chance we will ever get back together. So tonight I went over to my mom's place because she's hosting family for Christmas Eve. I'm there a bit talking with my aunts and uncles and cousins when the doorbell rings and I can see it's Sarah. I ask, WTF is going on and my mom says she's invited Sarah so we can work this out in the spirit of the holidays. 
ways. I'm pissed now because the only way to explain my side of the story is to tell everyone I was cheated on. Complete humiliation in front of my whole family. So as my mom goes to the front door, I go into the bathroom. My mom starts knocking on the door saying that I need to come out and talk to my ex like an adult. I say, F it, kick out the window screen and get in my car and go home. My mom called a short while ago saying she's cutting ties with me over my behavior. She's really fixated on me jumping out of a window and that Sarah will always be like a child to her. My sister called me after to ream me out for ruining Christmas. I broke down and told her that Sarah cheated on me, which is why I dumped her and didn't want to see her under any circumstances. She called me a big asshole who's lying to cover for myself. Am I really in the wrong? Obviously a little bit of an older story. The situation is, it's if he would have come clean about it, which he doesn't have anything to be embarrassed about here. It's, I think this is a lot of people take this, this stance if they get cheated on and I get it. They take the stance of there's obviously something wrong with me. And that's embarrassing. The fact that I got cheated on is embarrassing because it means that I have some kind of deficit. And he was embarrassed by that. I get being embarrassed by that. However, look what happened. And if you knew that your mom was applying hardcore pressure, do you want that to stop? You're going to experience pain either way here. I guess that's the question. What kind of pain do you want to experience? Do you want to experience a short burst of embarrassment when everybody finds out? Or do you want to experience this elongated, dragged out pain because everybody's trying to get you back together? To the point where you have to kick out a window and crawl out a window to escape these scenarios and now your whole family's pissed off at you. Here's the funny part. I don't like using the term man up, but if OP did man up in this situation, instead of running from it, that might have been the the rebalance or the boost in masculinity he needs to, to recover from being emasculated in the first place. This is just letting it ding him further. It's letting it letting it stick further, letting it drive into his confidence further because it's allowing him to or it's forcing him to behave in ways that he wouldn't previously have behaved. And I understand like it's a huge deal and it's going to follow him around for a while and it stings and it hurts. But your family would probably be understanding if you told them the truth from the get-go and now you are trying to tell the truth and they think you're lying well it's because you're saying it when you're in trouble for crawling out a window and ruining christmas so yeah probably should have done that a little bit differently which means there it is obviously it's a super serious thing that everybody deals with differently however in this case he's by not dealing with the pain of people of his family knowing because he's embarrassed by it he's creating a different kind of pain and now he's experiencing both He's embarrassed by it. And now he's also experiencing this drama that didn't have to be there in the first place. His mom would probably not push for him to reconnect with her if she knew what happened. He's experiencing more pain than he would have if he had come through it. If he did stand up and say, look, this is what happened. And I have more self-respect than to take someone back who's done this to me. So no, that would be the confidence boost for him. It would allow him to draw a line in the sand to create some boundaries, and his family would probably respect that. Certainly, I can't imagine that they would push for him to stay with someone who had done that to him. Certainly not invite them over for the holidays. So he could have done this differently. It's either could have or should have. He's the one that experiences the, the bulk of this pain, so I don't know that I can say should. He could have saved himself some pain. He could have saved himself the other kind of pain by coming clean with it. Well, I guess he did inflict some pain on the family who was there for the holidays and had to endure this drama because he didn't come clean about it. And his mom invited his cheating ex. So maybe he should have done it differently. Let's go ahead and roll with that. A three should have done it differently, man. I get it. And I get that's a huge deal. However, you experienced a lot more pain than you needed to here. The mom meddling with this. I get it. But the mom also didn't know what happened. As far as the mom knows, it was just like a poof out of the blue thing and maybe how long have they be had they been together four years 
four years. So she was probably close with the family. She was probably used to coming to events and not knowing the context of anything. Mom just thinks it was just like, poof, like, oh, my son just got bored. My son just up and one day decided he did not love her anymore. And I think he's just going through a phase. He'll come out of it. I need to do right by him and make sure that she's still around. It was his choice. She shouldn't have meddled in it. She probably thought she was doing the right thing for him because she didn't know what the F happened, but he could have prevented all of that. If anybody is a major asshole here, it's the ex for doing what she did, but then also playing along and being like, oh yeah, oh yeah, Mama Steve, I done nothing wrong. I'd love to come to Christmas dinner and try to reconnect with your son. He just won't have me around at all. Yes, ex was a major asshole. She, my assumption here is, because we don't know any differently, is that she is trying to minimize the cheating and is trying to pretend like everything is okay and just push forward. Um, and he obviously is not down for that. But you got meddling mom here. She got him a Christmas present. It was his cheating ex. He tried to return it. She didn't like that. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the astronauts today. Thanks again.